Father, continue to speak to us, Lord. Oh, Father, speak to us. We are ready to hear. And Lord, will not be hearers only, deceiving ourselves. We want to be doers also. And so, Father, we pray, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of the hearts of your children be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord our God and our Redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. It is a wonderful, wonderful history of the children of Israel concerning the dealings of the Lord, even in their land. And I know that this is not just a story, it is a history. His story, God's story. And uh, this morning, uh, I believe that um, some of us might have read through the scriptures, but hearing this read to us today uh, will look new and uh, we stand amazed before God. The Lord God Almighty who did this in time past is still doing it and will continue to do it. For my, my, my Bible tells me that the Lord God Almighty was the same yesterday, is the same today and forever. He will be our God. Um, I know that the evil one, the Satan, that's the devil, would not want to leave the children of, of God alone. Every child of God is in a battle. We are fighting a war. We are fighting a war, not just a physical war against the ISIS or Boko Haram. We are fighting a spiritual war. We are at war all the time. And that is why the Bible tells us that we need to be watchful and prayerful. Watch and pray. And by the grace of the Almighty God, our prayers will not be in vain. The thing about it is this. A lot of us Christians have loosened our God and uh, Satan is now tormenting many of us. Why? Because we are not in any way prepared to fight the battle. You know, the Bible says that our weapon of war is not carnal. Huh? They are spiritual, but mighty to actually pull down strongholds. Children of God, if you want to live a life that actually will be a testimony to God, you need to do things God's way. You need to do things God's way. Do you trust God? Do you believe in God? Let's look together in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 6. Verse 6, please. And Jehoshaphat said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hands is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Now, these are questions, but these are affirmative words spoken by Jehoshaphat concerning God. 
Now, the question I want to throw to you today is this. Huh? Who is God to you? Who is God to you? Is he the God of some people and not your God? Is your God big or small? Is your God powerful or weak? Does he love you? Or is just putting up with you? If you are able to answer these questions in a way that God will be glorified, I tell you what, the Lord God Almighty will make you to know that he's a man of war and will never lose any battle. The way you perceive God will affect how you respond to him. Now, when this came to Jehoshaphat, according to Second Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat had had much relationship with God, close relationship with God. When he started to reign, the third year of his reign, he made the princes and the priests and the Levites to take the law of God, the book of the law, to the people in Judah in order for them to know who God is. He made them to actually come to know this God and to have reverence for him. And by this, we see that he had prepared the people of Judah concerning any eventuality because indeed our world is too porous of evil. He sought the, sought the face of God. And he did not, he not, he did not only seek the face of God, uh, the Lord God Almighty blessed him. He blessed him so much so to the point that he became the envy of all the kings around. That is what God does. When you acknowledge him, Sincerely speaking, you will not lack anything good. Jehoshaphat was so rich. Yes, no king could actually be compared to Solomon. But why was Solomon blessed? Because Solomon also sought God. Children of God, you did not run to anybody in order to make it in life. Run to God. The Lord will not only defend you, he will enrich you to the point that you'll be the envy of your peers who do not know God. And the Bible tells us that when the, the three kingdoms, as mentioned in the, in, in the first uh, verse of chapter 20, you know, came together, um, uh, uh, people of Ammon, that was the uh, Ammonites, and then the people of uh, Moab, and the people of Seir, when they came together in order to face Jehoshaphat, to face Judah, in order to actually wage war against Judah, guess what? Jehoshaphat did not belittle the mightiness of the army coming to face him. He did not deny their power. But one thing about it is this. Huh? He made God. He acknowledged that God is more powerful than they. 
I don't believe in all these uh, positive things and whatever, whatever. You are sick and then you are saying that uh, I'm strong. Face it. You are sick. But God is your healer. If you are poor, say it. Lord, I need this in order to meet my needs. Not that I, I'm rich. You are deceiving yourself. Face it. Acknowledge the fact that you are going through a danger. And then make God to be real in all that actually may be negative in your sight. God, when God is in it, sincerely speaking, Satan is in trouble. Jehoshaphat did this. And guess what? He, he looked at the whole thing and said to his people, let us seek the face of God together. They went into fasting and prayer. They sought the face of God. And one thing again is, while they knew that trouble was coming, they did not cease embracing God. They did not cease embracing God. They put their trust in God. They have not won the, the battle. They have not actually seen the victory of the Lord. But one thing again they did. They started praising God. What do we do as Christians when we are faced with a little problem? It is then that we start running from pillar to post. It is then that we actually say that, oh God, uh, you, 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 you are not so good. Oh. Huh? But when we have something from the Lord and the Lord has blessed us, what do we do? We run to the church. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. What happened to the goodness of God when you're faced with challenge? And if there are no challenges for you, guess what? You better be careful. You better be careful. Satan is ready to fall you. I pray that the Lord will keep you on your, on your toes, not just on this, the sole of your feet, flattered. It is important for us to know as Christians that this God is more than able to bring us out of our calamities. What are you facing today? What trials are you facing? What difficulties are you facing? God will actually make you to testify. And by the grace of God, the, your testimony will never end in Jesus' name. One major mistake that Christians make, and I see it expressed in the book of Hebrews. Put Hebrews chapter 6, Verses 4 and 5. Hebrews 6, 4 and 5. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Verse 6, please. Verse 6. If they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they have crucified again 
for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Do you know that a lot of Christians do that? We had a Bible study not too long ago and we were talking about Christians being in politics. There is nothing wrong in Christians being in politics. But the way you go about it will glorify God or bring Christ to a public shame. Why will you, as a Christian politician, go and be doing abominable things, sacrifices to idols, and you want to represent God? Why will you? Because you have problem. You now lower your standard, your grade, as a child of God, to now become a servant of one juju priest. When you see a prince, a prince will not prostrate for a commoner. Every child of God is a prince or princess of God. Why will you go and prostrate for a commoner? And rubbish the grace of God upon your life. It is important for us to know that the experience of Jehoshaphat is not limited to Jehoshaphat. Men and women of God before him and after him had always trusted in the Lord like that. And God had come to their aid. The story actually is not far-fetched concerning Moses. Moses was leading a great multitude of people away from Egypt to the promised land. Let me tell you what. If you are traveling and you have traveled before uh, with some people, just maybe a busload of people, you know how the journey is. Uh? Busload. These are people who are mighty in number. Not having any train, not having any bus, not having any vehicle, but they were walking, walking, trekking, trekking to the promised land. Miles upon miles. And Moses was to be the leader. He was the leader. And they came to uh, the sea, the Red Sea. There was the Red Sea. And there was the army of Egypt. What happened? By the grace of the Almighty God, they called upon the Lord. And what happened? The Lord divided the sea for them. Do you think he's not able to do the same thing for you? What about Joshua? When you read some stories, the, 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 the history of these people, you will actually think that you are reading uh, uh, a kindergarten story, which actually is a make-believe, I would say. Joshua wanting to go into the promised land, into Jericho, a fortified city. The wall of Jericho, that wall of China cannot be compared to it. People were living inside. The wall. You remember how uh, Saul, who became Paul, was let down? Through the window. Made by the wall. 
when they got there, what did God say to Joshua? You are not in any way to, to do anything as to having weapons. All you need to do is go around the city seven times on the seventh day and shout. What a wonderful, what, what a, you know, you, you just want to say, ah, Joshua, a man of war, will say that, just shout. But he had to believe. He believed. Why? God said it. And they shouted. And the walls of Jericho came down. What about David and Goliath? David was a lad. To every young person that is here, God is with you. You are important to God. A lad. A young man. And he was to face Goliath. I read about the height of Goliath once. And I was actually doubting, is that, can somebody be as tall as that and still be able to carry himself? He was not only tall, a giant. He was man trained in war. Trained for battle. But the Lord God Almighty made David to kill him. Why? He went in the name of the Lord. He trusted the Lord that the Lord would guide the slinger. And he struck the place that actually was open in his helmet of Goliath and broke the skull and he died. Time will fail us to talk about Gideon, to talk about Samson, Jephthah, Samuel, Daniel, Elisha, and the rest of them. Time and time again, the Lord God Almighty has proven himself strong. Children of God, we need to look at God's record concerning our lives. I believe sincerely that God has done so many things on our behalf that we have seen with our eyes. We have tasted that it's good. We have actually known that it's trustworthy. Why? While we are faithless, God is forever faithful. Now, some of you are familiar with the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. May I tell you this? It is a book from the devil. The Power of Positive Thinking. The man that wrote it, Norman Vincent Pearl, was a pastor, a son of a pastor, Methodist uh, Episcopal. You know what? Huh? He later denied the existence of Jesus. And it's his book that we say that uh, is one of the bestsellers of every Christian literature. It is not a Christian literature. It got its idea from the Christian Science Church. The power of positive thinking erases God away from it, from your life. That you can do it by yourself. It is what you think in the head that actually will make things happen. I say to you, huh? If you believe in that, Satan will torture you. We need to come to reality that faith is by far more than positive thinking. Positive thinking will not in any way produce faith. Faith is trust in God. And the only way to develop faith in God is to know God. Knowing God is different from knowing about God. I love the fact that we have 
discipleship um, courses in our church. But I always pray one thing. That you not just get there to have head knowledge. Knowing about God is different from knowing God. It is important for everyone who is a child of God to know his father. How many people are fathered by somebody but they never knew their father and they have become useless in the society? On Father's Day, we, talk, we talked about the fact that about 80% of those who, imp- who are in prison have no knowledge or relationship with their father. The same thing is also true. When you have no relationship with your father, God, you are in the, at the mercy of the devil. As we learn to know God, he spontaneously, we will spontaneously learn to trust him. Faith is trusting God when things don't turn out the way we expect it. Can you put on board Hebrews 11.6, which is actually a very familiar passage, but without faith. Let's do it. Let's say read it together. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, now, there is one thing that is actually important in this passage, those who diligently seek God. It is not merely seeking God for his blessings. Many of us seek God for his blessings. But when you want to seek God diligently, you want to know the mind of God. You want to know what actually will have you do at a particular moment. Why is it that the church of God is so lazy? We depend on that man of God. That man of God. Somebody was talking about one important, one popular person. I won't mention the name. I won't mention the name. And the person said, ah, that guy is a devil. Performing miracles. Do you think Satan cannot perform miracles? I'll say that go to Egypt. They threw their own rod down too. And it became what? Snake. But praise be to God. The rod of Moses swallowed them up. Why? They are no match. To diligently seek God will include having a loving relationship with God, putting our confidence in Him. We must be comfortable in His presence. You know, some people are in church now, but they are not in church. Do you know that? They are in church, but they are not in church. You cannot be before God, you know, and be sending text message 
You cannot be before God and be saying, I'm in worship now. Why did you put your phone on uh, Ringer? You cannot be before God and be dressing your hair. What you cannot do before a judge in the court, you do it before, before God. No reverence. You must be able to tell him that you love him. You must be able to reverence him and not be afraid. To fear God is not to be afraid of God. No. The fear is reverence. To be afraid is to cringe before somebody who is wicked. God is not a wicked God. My father is not a wicked father. You must learn to trust him to run your life so that you lay your life on the altar of God in order for him to alter your plans. You must be able to know that God is a covenant-keeping God. Whatever he says, that he will surely do. And guess what? His promises for you are many. I will be with you in trouble, he said. I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory. I will answer you when you call upon me. I will save you when you cry to me. I will defend you when you are actually challenged by those who want to just make life miserable for you, whether with a cause or without a cause, I will give you rest if you come to me. At any time of your life, I am always with you. The Lord said that my word is forever, not for a time. It is forever. He said that He alone is God, and there is none like him. Children of God, the way to really having faith in God is simple. Believer in his son, Jesus. That's the first step. Believer in his son, Jesus. When you, ha- when you have Jesus as your Savior and Lord, Guess what? The Lord God Almighty will smile upon you. Why? You have accepted his gift. I went to Ghana and there when you step into the house it's as if they have prepared it. They bring water to you. When they give you water to drink and you take it and you sip it they say, welcome. You have come in peace. God says, take my son. He is your savior and Lord. No one comes to me except through him. And you reject him. Will God smile on you? Will God accept you? Jesus is the first step to actually having God as your father. And the second thing is actually very simple. And before I go, uh, the, the, the second thing is this, huh? that you have a personal Bible study and prayer with God. Coming to God closely. The Bible is his love book to us. That is the love book of God to us. And then go to him in prayer. Oh, that 
we will actually know the strong effect of kneeling before God. Kneeling before God. No matter how sophisticated you may actually think you are. No matter how wise you may think you are. No matter how rich you may think you are. No matter your status in life. That you'll be able to kneel before God. Especially when your children are around. Why? What is the significance of kneeling before God? It is actually saying, Hey, I have a master. I am called a master in my office. I'm actually looked upon as a strong person in my home. But as a child of God, I know this. I must allow this God to remain sovereign in my life. To actually claim his sovereignty in my life. To claim his ownership of my life. You submit to him. A sign of submission when you kneel before God. So it's not a thing of pride to say that uh, I, I, I don't need to kneel in prayer. Yes, it is true. But I know this. You walk faster on your knees when it comes to spiritual matters than on your, on your feet. And lastly, you just need to wait. Wait. Wait upon the Lord. He alone will do it. The children of Judah did not raise a sword. They did not shoot a gun. They did not shoot any arrow. The Lord fought for them. How? Turned their enemies against themselves. Two turned against one, destroyed them, and then they started helping themselves to kill themselves. And instead of fighting, instead of losing any, any soul, guess what? They went and plundered all the goods of these people. For three days, the Bible says, they were acquiring and acquiring wealth upon wealth. So much that it was heavy for them to carry. Wait upon the Lord. Let's read Psalm 46 verse 10 together. Psalm 46 verse 10. And it says, be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. What about Philippians 6? Philippians 4 rather. Philippians 4. 6 and 7. Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord. 6 please. Six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Guess what? You are making a request, but you must make it in thanksgiving. You must make it, you know, in your prayers and in your supplication with thanksgiving. And then verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all I want to add this. Human understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Lastly, we'll read Psalm 20 verse 7. Psalm 20 verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Who is God? trying to justify yourself as to, well, 
uh, low ministers to the today. You know, I was told that um, Mrs. Abacha was boasting of the loot that actually they looted. And he said that if, she said that if they collected all the, uh, the, the whatever the EFCC or whatever we want to collect, huh, they will not be as poor as Dangote.